What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 98 of The Locker Room. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and we have a great show for you today with NHL legend and the head scout of the Philadelphia Flyers, Dave Brown. Uh, Dave is what you can kind of call a badass motherfucker, so it was really cool to have him on here. Um, super nice guy and, and talked a lot about his playing career and what he does now for the Flyers, so it was really cool to hear from him. Tonight, I'm joined by Brett Hamfling and Justin Kappelmaster, Cappy, better known as... Uh, Happy early Thanksgiving, boys. Big night Thanksgiving Eve. Rangers Islanders at UBS. I'm sure it's a, a big night in Florida, big night maybe in Huntington for you, Brett. Uh, I don't know whatever you're doing, but what do you guys got for plans for Thanksgiving Eve? So we're, we're past the Huntington. We did that in college, I think. Now there's now we, we stay local. We still like to do things. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bar right in Roslyn. It's not as crazy as Huntington. It's not like a real thing. It's just if enough people our age go and like, a year up and a year down it would just be a fun night to see people mm-hmm. cappy what about you what do you got planned for thanksgiving eve i've got a couple places um if i'm still in florida there's like three or four like it's like unbelievable i'm home and it's like oh this person wants you to come that person wants you to come so i might just fucking thanksgiving hop this year and just see how that <laughs> stuff my absolute face off but i do want to say what's up to you guys and that i'm pissed at our boy maxi because i just <laughs> found out that he's down south in florida and the kid texts me 45 minutes ago telling me that to meet him at the coconut creek casino which for you guys i told lazis already but brett is like shit you not like 10 minutes in my backyard like it's my that, i live at that casino so i'm like really? oh, i got the intro you know court just got home i can't go so unbelievable Wait, so, but you're oh you're you're in florida though yeah right now but um whatchamacallit i so so I'm, I'm gonna hopefully try and link up with maxi while he's down here Obviously, he's busy with Thanksgiving and shit, but I feel like when Max comes to Florida, he goes hard. <laughs> yeah, it's his, it's his little uh, getaway escape going down to, to Boca. It's a real uh, wild party down there. Um, but you but know yeah, he is. He loves his golf and, and his shit, so I'm sure he's really happy down there. 100%. I'm excited for Thanksgiving, though, boys. I mean, I fucking I live for this. I live to just eat food and just – I love it. But, Laz, what are you doing? We didn't even talk about your, your plans. Yeah, I, uh, you know, last year would have been my first Thanksgiving home since high school, and I ended up getting COVID on Thanksgiving Eve, so it kind of ruined my Thanksgiving plans. And then, yeah, I I actually lost my taste and smell literally on Thanksgiving Day. My parents, like, brought up the Thanksgiving food, like, outside my bedroom door, and I, you know, (laughs) ate ate fucking Thanksgiving naked in my bed by myself. It was pretty depressing last year, so uh, hopefully this year's a little better going to my aunt's house where, like, my family goes every year, and like I said, I haven't really been since senior year of high school, so... uh, I'm definitely excited. That'll be fun. Um, did you guys see um, one of the Patriots players? I don't know what his name is, but was he was talking shit. He was like, was asked like, what's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving? What's your favorite meal? Uh, he was, uh, he was shitting on Mac and cheese pretty hard. Really? Like, I'm saying like this saying Mac and cheese should not be on the Thanksgiving table. Doesn't deserve it. One of the most overrated dishes he was saying. And like, now it's not my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. I'll tell you that for sure. I mean, you can have mac and cheese just about any time you need to. It's not really Thanksgiving specific, in my opinion. I, I agree with him on that standpoint. But fuck me, man. Like, thank, like, you can't go wrong with mac and cheese. It's too good, especially if you make it the right way or it's made the right way. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, people try to have the hot takes of, like, they don't like sweet potato or they don't like the turkey's not the best part of the meal. But, like, saying mac and cheese isn't good, that's not even, the, that's like not even a real take. First of all, I, I don't even think it's mac and cheese. It's not. Like, what, it, it's pasta and cheese. Of course it's good. Um, but I don't really think of that as a Thanksgiving food. Me either. I, I'm trying to think. No, I exactly. Think so I, was that. Agreeing, I was agreeing with him in that sense. Did you guys hear – did you hear what he was saying too, Brett? He was like – he was like, you guys are a little lactose a little bit. You guys, you guys have a little lactose in you or something <laughs> like that. Everybody's got a little bit in them, you know, like trying to like help himself out. Well, if, you can, if you can't eat cheese, say you can't eat cheese. But And then there was another player that said they didn't like – was it turkey? I think it was turkey. That makes there sense. Two. I, mean, I don't think anyone like loves turkey. I love a nice turkey. Are you guys really? turkey or ham guys on Thanksgiving? I've Definitely never had ham on Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, well, I, I guess I've just found I've been to a couple. It's usually like turkey or ham or, or both. Most Thanksgivings have both, honestly. Turkey, I prefer dark meat, and I'll throw gravy on. Um, you know, I, Laz, I hear you saying a dry turkey is not that good. Yeah. But if you have a if you have a, a moist dark meat and then moisten it up even more with gravy, it's delicious. Do you know what's a must-need on Thanksgiving Day for the football games? Buffalo chicken dip should be a staple every Thanksgiving, dude. I had it. I had it in college. Uh, I don't know if you know the Bucci's cap. 
the Bucci parents came up one year and like cooked a Thanksgiving meal for us. It was really nice. And they made a buffalo chicken dip. And that shit is my favorite, dude. I love buffalo chicken dip and watching football. Is, no better combo. Is the dad's name John? Couldn't be further off, I think. Yeah, you're making a joke. Oh, you're making a joke. John Bucci goes. Oh God, that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, Thanksgiving is definitely awesome, and and honestly, Cap, I feel like you know, Brett. I don't know if you can relate as much, but being a student athlete the last couple of years, like being on campus for Thanksgiving, having nobody around, like Thanksgiving has kind of been like somewhat of a depressing holiday. So like, it'll be nice to be with family and like you know eat good food and then have the weekend, have two days off of work. It's gonna be a nice weekend to just like chill, be with family, and have a good time. I'm happy for you then. And I feel bad that you've missed out on it. Cause no, Thank no, you. I feel bad. I love Thanksgiving. It's family. Yeah. First of all, me and my friends, we play football in the morning every mm-hmm. year. Um, so it's playing football into watching football. I'll go to my cousin's family, watch more football, play, have a couple drinks. Um, and then you always have like a four day weekend also, either Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday. So the whole Thanksgiving into the weekend is, I think it's my favorite holiday. I mean, we're not, We've done, have we done, I think we've done favorite holiday on this pod, but, um, I don't know. It's actually not, a good question. We've, we've talked about, we've talked about it a few times, I think like in the past. Well, like, um, like I'm I, I'm I mean, like if, if we're comparing, I mean, the three best to me are like, you know, Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve and, and Halloween. Like, I don't, I don't there, is there another one that's better? Maybe St. Patty's we, Day. We did, the, we did, we did we the did. Halloween versus New Year's debate. Oh, we did. That was like its own debate. Yeah. Um, St. Patty's both, both great holidays. Like, St. Patty's is a great day. I love St. Patty's, dude. When bullshit. I, I, remember, I think it's St. Patty's is different when when and now obviously I'm not living in New York like you guys, but it's different when you live in New York. I feel like yeah. for St. Patrick's Day. like when I lived in Long Beach for three years, like they shut down Long Beach for St. Patrick's Day. Like it mm. was a shit show. We looked forward to it. There's just so many Irish people. It was crazy. St. Patty's too is like I, for me, it's the start of spring. Like the weather's like getting a little bit nice. Like it's still kind of chilly out, but like spring's right around the corner and it's just like the best time of year, like end of March, early April, nothing better. Well, for us, for us Jewish boys, I mean, when Thanksgiving's around, like when Thanksgiving starts, it's like, you know, all of a sudden Hanukkah, Hanukkah, come night, you know, like it's right around the corner. Like we're buzzing. Yeah. I didn't even know Hanukkah was Sunday until like today. Honestly, I had no idea that it started the Sunday. I haven't celebrated. Honestly, I haven't celebrated Hanukkah and Pro- honestly, probably since I was in Texas, like Mary, my billet mom got a menorah for the house. I don't know if you remember that cap. And then we lit the menorah. Of course I do, yeah. I think yeah. I came over one night. I never really did it in college though. I wasn't home and like, I didn't really have anyone to celebrate with. I feel like at school. So I never really did Hanukkah in college. Shout out to, uh, shout out to my boy, Ryan running with Ed Ferris when he was a kid on the club hockey team. When he moved in with me, he was a Jew and we made sure to have uh, a menorah in the, in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm excited for Hanukkah. I really, I mean, who knows if I'm going to be home, you know, during that time, hopefully fingers crossed, I'm still here for Thanksgiving, yeah. but I'm one of those people. I don't know about you guys, but I hate, I, I got to stop saying that. I don't know about you guys. It's okay. You're fine, <laughs> but it's true. I don't know about you guys. You don't, um, <laughs> I wasn't that person growing up who like wanted or like needed like presents. Like I was like, I was always just like, I think I've talked about this too in the past. Like I was just like, get me hockey equipment if anything. Like mm-hmm. oh, I don't need anything. Give me money. Like that. Like that was like my sense. Like every t- every time the holidays. I don't need roll, anything. I don't need anything. Just a lot of money. Yeah. No. Like oh, what do you want? Uh, you know, just give me like a hundred dollars cash, and I'll figure it out. You know, down the road. <laughs> All I usually ask for as a gift was like Lululemon because I don't like to pay for it myself. But Cap, you have that. Or you have that leisure. Or yeah, bird dogs. Exactly. <laughs> bird dogs. Yeah, bird dogs too would be a great you know a great present for me now. So that's what I ask for it usually now. Honestly, clothing is always a good option. I like clothes. Cap, do you ever get gifted Lululemon or, or no? Because I feel like you get it all the time. Just because the thing is like when she gets her discount or like, so now with her new, uh, with her new role, it's like a specific month that like, or like a day that opens up where it's like, all right, this is the day you just splurge and get all the discounts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I, so uh, that, that day came up recently. It's not so much like I'm like getting stuff as gifts. It's more like, do you like this? Okay. I'm getting it. Or yeah. like, that's kind of how, how it always was, which I'm, I'm blessed. I don't know if you know this, Cap, but back in the day, I think it was like three summers ago, I applied for a job at Lulu and I didn't, I didn't end up getting it. I wanted to work in the store. I mean, you could still, you know, it's still a lot of options. I could still change my career path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Lululemon's never going anywhere. It's the best shit ever. It's, it really is so comfy. I love everything they have. Lulu to the moon. I really want a Lulu headband. They're so comfy. Remember They're why I, Brett, you don't know. I grow my hair out in the winter, so I'll probably have long hair till like April, May. So I, I usually rock a headband or like a beanie every day, like starting January. 
Laz, do you remember that purple headband I used to rock all the time? At, always. At you always wore the purple headband. I do remember that, actually. My good luck purple headband. That DC yeah. shout out to the Crusoes. Yeah. I was with Derek tonight. I skated with his uh, with his team tonight. So that was fun. Got my uh got my ego ruined by a bunch of 17, 18 year olds. I was so fucking out of shape, man. I literally said to Derek, I was like, I cannot even imagine playing the sport competitively anymore. Like I skated with 17, 18 year old kids tonight and they made me look stupid. You were full <laughs> you were full gear or you were like full gear. Full gear, full scrimmage. Like I scored I scored my first shift. I don't think I had a chance the rest of the scrimmage. Rocking the Mercyhurst gear. Rocking the Mercyhurst gear. They thought it was so cool until I started playing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean you guys got anything else like leading up to Thanksgiving? I don't know if there's any big plans this weekend. Big Knicks game, I think, Friday, right? The Suns are in town. Brett, you going to that? Potentially. That's an expensive one. Yeah. Um, tonight was like the most expensive at the Lakers. I didn't go to that. Mm. I have a good buddy who's a Suns fan, so we were talking about it. But um, I don't know because I'm going to be in Roslyn. It's actually easier when I'm not in Roslyn. But, you know, I love Thanksgiving. But, Kat, I mean, last speaking of hockey, I wanted to ask you. I saw you were at the Islanders opening night, which – looked electric even mm-hmm. though they lost um i almost made it to the game i missed out on free tickets which sucked but how was the game dude it was fucking awesome that building honestly for anyone listening that's from long island and even if you're not a hockey fan you gotta go like it is it is really one of the best arenas i've ever been in um it's massive like the entire night it didn't really feel real just because i'm used to seeing the islanders play in nassau coliseum and you know obviously that place was not the nicest but dude this building is just like one gigantic party and and luckily for me i, I kind of talked about this on my on my Rangers podcast, but um, I have a good friend named Justin Bergman who works for the company that built UBS. So, um, you know, sometimes he'll text me like, Hey, I got two tickets tonight if you want to go. So I got lucky. I was staying in his apartment this weekend. He offered me and my friend Sam Brezzo two tickets in the suites too. Wait, I think stick. I may, you may have t- taken my tickets. Actually? When, when were you offered those? Like at noon on Saturday? I think you took my tickets. All right. Well, thanks, dude. Remember? <laughs> Remember I said I, I was offered two tickets, but I was too slow? Yeah, who offered them to you? Justin's cousin, my friend Zach. Shut up, um, really? <laughs> that's yes. so funny. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if it's for sure because it's, it's like Zach's dad. I don't know, but that's really funny. That's Jewish geography. Yeah, that is really funny. But yeah, <laughs> dude, the sweets. I mean, listen, obviously not everyone can like you know, just go to get a suite at a hockey game. But dude, it was like literally I felt like I was at like the most prestigious party like in new york like sushi lobster rolls like all you can eat food like so many bars alcohol i i got to meet um neil smith who was the gm of the rangers when they won the stanley cup which is really cool i literally he was at the buffet line nobody around him i just walked up to him i was like hey are you are you neil smith perchance like he was he goes yeah he goes yeah what's going on i was like hey i'm, I'm johnny I'm, I'm a huge rangers fan i do a rangers podcast like i talked about you last week on the show um i just want to introduce myself like really nice to meet you and he was like great to meet you son like you know, good luck with everything. And it was really nice. And then I was, I was, you didn't I was get in this, on? no, I didn't like try to get him on, but I was in the suite next to Dennis pop van. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the Rangers like most famous Chan is oh, pop van sucks. sucks. So I really wanted to go up to him and like ask him what his thoughts are on it. But like I, I, I chickened out. So maybe someday, you know, but yeah, moral of the story, UBS arena, you know, I know they're going to have college basketball there soon too. Um, I would rip that with you. Are they? Yeah. I think Kansas for St. John's. Um, I don't know when, but the arena is literally, it's so fucking cool. Amazing venue for any kind of sport, concert. Like, it's awesome. I must go. Well, if you're, if you're building a new arena at this point, there's got to be, like, smarter, like, architectural ways to do these things that I wouldn't have in my mind. But I'm sure they implemented all these things where, like, even, like, crappy seats are good and, like, more space in the quarters. I don't even know exactly what it is, but I'm just, like, right? If you're building a stadium mm-hmm. at this point, there must be smart ways to do it. Well, I mean, the coolest thing about it was so many bars. There's literally like 17 different bars in like like a Heineken bar, a tailgate bar, like all these famous bars, Shaq's Chicken Place, like Blue Line Deli. There's just like so many things about it that I, I you know, I, I got there at like five o'clock and walked around for two hours. I didn't even see everything, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to go tonight. I'm going to the Ranger Islander game unless it got postponed, but I want to go like three hours early, get inside and just like walk around and see everything. Like, it's so cool. At UBS. Yeah. You're going back. Yeah, I'm going back. Yeah, with Rob Taub, guest of the show, friend of the show. Rob Teebies. Yeah, he, he invited me. Um, you guys got any final thoughts or you want to send it over to Dave Brown? I actually do real quick, if you don't mind. Um, I just want to let you boys know I'm absolutely checked out of fantasy football. Um, I got fucked last week. Something happened in my league, and I hope the boys are listening. But we have this one player, and this is like the league I've been doing with my boys for the last like 10 years. So it's like a good like 
you know, big money league. Um, you know, we, we take it seriously. One kid in our league, my boy Joel, 0 and 8 this year to start. It was just Tough. completely checked. Completely checked out. Had, hasn't set his lineup in the last five weeks. But me, a five and four team, or a five and five team, I should say, last week, a couple five and five teams in our league, very tight, tight league. Somehow, you know, five minutes before one o'clock game starts, my boy's lineup's completely set. Christian McCaffrey's in, all the top guys are in. Hasn't set his lineup in five weeks. I end up losing. So I'm completely <laughs> out. I'm done, boys. Yeah, I'm absolutely done. But, hope, but but speaking of that, if you guys aren't done, you guys know where to go, and that's underdogfancy.com. Get over to Underdog or download the app. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up, so you can take a free shot at the $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right, $25 free in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use our code LOCKA when you make your first deposit. I personally love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, that's underdogfantasy.com, the App Store or Google Play Store. Sign up with our code LOCKA and get a free $25 in bonus cash. And maybe I probably will go over to Underdog. You know, I'm just a little butthurt right now. You know that, boys. But I love my fantasy football. And hopefully we'll rally back and somehow make a playoff push. (laughs) All right, without further ado, should we send it over to Dave Brown? Let's do it. This guy grew up in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. That's like the first time I've ever said that in my life. But he spent uh, 14 seasons in the NHL with the Flyers, Edmonton Oilers, where he won a Stanley Cup, and the San Jose Sharks, an NHL legend and currently the head pro scout for the Philadelphia Flyers. Very happy to have him here. Welcome to the podcast, Dave Brown. What's up, Dave? Thanks, Johnny. How you doing? Hey, Justin. Hey, Max. How you doing? We're good. And before we get started here, we got to hear the story about you and Max meeting because... I, I just have the image in my head of Max being a little pissed drunk at a wedding, going up to you and saying how he's boys with Adam Fox. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just kind of friends of friends, uh, yeah. our friends and that. We we went to the wedding and that, and Max is there, and he chatted me up and said they had this podcast that uh, uh-huh. you guys have, and uh, just uh, asked me if I'd like to go on it, and said, yeah, I can help. I can go on it sometime for you. Were you aware that so, Max knows nothing about hockey when you were talking to him? Uh, no, I didn't know that, but he sounded like he a little bit about it. Uh-huh. I, I, I felt like I could, I, I could hold my own. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he chatted me up. I thought, yeah, well, yeah. He's, yeah, you know, he's so much time with like us. he knew a little bit, for, for sure. <laughs> I would have loved to be a fly on that wall for that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Max well, texts us, he goes, anyway. have you guys heard of the Philadelphia Flyers? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Let's let's dive into it a little bit. I actually, right off the bat, I gotta ask you: Have you seen the movie Grown Ups with Adam Sandler? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, then this I can't even ask this question. But there's a part where this guy is from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He's got a high pitched voice, super jack dude, and all the girls like start making fun of him because like he has this like really high pitched Canadian accent. And you know, I was gonna do it for you, but if you don't get it, I'm just <laughs> you know. uh, we'll just we'll just skip that question. But I guess. Um, you know, you were kind of known as like a, a big tough guy in your playing day, but you know, a lot of people, especially back in your day, it's kind of just like a job, right? Like it's not who you are off the ice. So, you know, what were you like away from the rink? You know, what, what would people think about you? I guess, aside from the, you know, the big tough NHL player. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't be like that 24 hours a day. You do your job when you're on the ice and then, you know, you're like everybody else. Though people, uh, find that hard to believe, but you know, it, it was a job and you had to get in the zone and that was something that you had to do. So, I mean, you, you would just mentally be ready to, to do the job, but when you, once you've done the job, you know, there's no way you can keep that kind of intensity off the ice. And mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that played the game that did my job. That was, you know, yeah, I guess there are some crazy guys off the ice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but uh, no, just like a normal, normal guy. On top of that, I mean, obviously the game's changed like tremendously from, you know, now to back in the day and specifically from a, t- a tough guy standpoint as well. I mean, you see yeah. less and less, I feel like every year as the game goes on, but I feel like it's still so important. 
Um, do you think yeah. it's still just as important to have a tough guy now than it was back in the day? Most definitely. I mean, in human nature for you to feel more secure, if you have toughness in your lineup, it, it, it definitely helps your skill players and everybody else in the room. I mean, you guys know what it's like. If you played hockey any, yeah. at any level, you have some toughness sitting on the bench. And it's going to make you feel more secure. And I think it just makes everybody play better. There's a comfort level there when you have toughness with you. And, and it gives you confidence that, you know, if something happens, you're going to, somebody's going to take care of you. And it's still a big part of the NHL. And there isn't as much fighting now anymore. But, but most teams have, have some grit and toughness. And if they don't have that, then they're probably to a man they're tough. They got to be gritty and you got to be able to compete. But it is definitely still part of the game. Are you aware of the really like famous clip of you? It's in like a YouTube video of uh, like hockey's funniest chirps. And it's, I think you yelling across the bench to somebody. I forgot who it was. You're like, you got those fucking gloves cemented on or what? It's so, it's so, it's so funny. The classic I chirp. I think we were playing Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, there was, uh, there was, uh, the, there was always a lot of talk. Well, I, I didn't actually talk too much, but occasionally uh -huh. I would. So, you know, there, I had a few words here and there for some guys, but, uh, um, I think that was against Calgary. Yeah, I didn't know if you had seen that or not, but I thought it was really I, yeah, funny I when I was watching it. I, I, I thought that that was, uh, that was when I was with the Flyers, I think. And uh, Or no, it might have been when I was I think you are Edmonton. Edmonton. It yeah. was with Edmonton, yeah. Yeah, I th and we were in Calgary. Mm -hmm. That's a classic so, line. Chatting at their bench, so yeah. <laughs> and, you know, well, they call it, as Dave Semenko used to call it, witty goon talk. He said, hey, what are you doing over there? He said, oh, a little witty goon talk. He always used to have goons that are sitting in the penalty box, and you could see them yapping at each other. And Dave Semenko said, and if he said it quick, he'd say, witty goon talk. He said, what do you say? Witty goon talk. Oh, witty goon talk over in the penalty box. He's a pretty quick guy. Anyway. So that was from Dave Semenko. Yeah, I'm, I feel like the chirping's gone down a little bit for sure. Um, eh, I mean, to a certain degree. But yeah. um, at the same time, I do want to get your opinion on a couple guys. Because, like, I feel like I, you ask this question, like, people ask this question all the time. Like, how would Gretzky do back in the day? Or how, would, or how would Gretzky do in today's hockey compared to, you know, back in the day? Would he be as of a great as he is now? How, how do you feel? I mean, since you've kind of been in both generations watching the game. I don't think there's any doubt he'd be as good. Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt. But um, I will, you know, the we played – then it was a little bit more open style too. Like we played a lot more kind of defensive posture, like hanging back. Like when we, when we played and the Oilers played, we were chasing the puck more. Like we used to put two guys on the puck all the time. Um, so it was, it was more wide open. And, but Wayne Gretzky was just so aware of where he was on the ice. I mean, head and shoulders about everybody else. I could see like you couldn't hit him because he could see everything and he would just get rid of the puck before you got to him. I mean, he's so aware. Every time he went down the ice, he could probably count, uh, you know, like uh, say 10 games ago like in the second period, he could tell you how many times he went up and down the ice and what he did. Like he was just so the details of the game were so fine for him and the way he could see the ice, it was just unbelievable. The talent that he had. So to answer your question, I think he would have been as, yeah, he would have been as good even in this era. I don't think there's any doubt just because he was so good. I believe it. Yeah. Definitely. And not, not that these, but, you know, like also I think it does come into it that, you know, the, the way they play now is a little bit more shut down. We're kind of backing up all the time where then it was wide open. So probably meant that's why they put up so many big numbers like that. I, I, I find it hard to believe that you're going to see anybody putting up 200 points a year. I don't know. I think it happened this year. Dreisaitl's yeah. got 17 and 15 right now. Uh, 17 you're goals. Right. You're right. You're right. They are putting some big numbers. So yeah. I, I, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but mm -hmm. uh, it would be. it hasn't happened for a while anyway. One of the things I want to ask you about that I feel like, you know, not many non-hockey fans kind of know, but, you know, you're around NHL players now. And when you were going to NHL camps, when you were playing, guys were probably in the locker room, hanging out, shooting the shit, like smoking a cigarette, you know, kind of chilling, having a good time. Now you walk into a pro locker room, guys are rolling out, drinking, you know, protein steaks and, and water. And like, it's just, it's crazy how the, just the culture around it has changed. But what's scarier to me is thinking like, 
you know, how superhuman these kids are going to be in like 20 years that are in the NHL. Like you look at it now, like I, like I played division one, two years ago. I can't keep up with an NHL player right now. Like no chance. Right. Well, I mean, like all the training methods and that, like you're even what you were doing is probably more advanced than what we were doing when I was in the NHL. Like we used to have one, like really when I started, they, they, that's when they started really bringing in, you know, working out in the summers and stuff like that. Years before mm-hmm. that, they didn't do anything. They would come to training camp to get in shape. But when I, I started, I, you know, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to lift weights or yeah. really train properly, properly when I first came in, but that's when they started bringing it in. We had a guy by the name of Pat Croce really started guiding our team. That's when the team started buying weights. Like we had maybe one universal machine or something like that. That's <laughs> when we started, we started lifting weights and uh, realizing that there was a benefit to it. But I mean, it is so much more advanced now. Every player has, they're how they're supposed to work out it's all marked out exactly how they're supposed to do it through the through the summer and that and they're so much more science going into it now than what we did we were doing a lot of guesswork as far as working out though we worked out hard but um we probably they're probably so much smarter as far as the way they work out now everything is you know monitored they know like maybe some guys are if you're training too hard they can probably tell you so you maybe lead the layoff but just any way that you can um, be more efficient, I think, with with staying in shape all year. But it, it's so more so much more scientific and advanced than when when I played. What's your max bench <laughs> now? Yeah, or I guess I in, never, in your, in your prime. So long, I was always terrible at that. <laughs> that wasn't one of my good suits. <laughs> Where'd you uh, stand out in the weight room then? What was your best thing? Oh, I don't it's know. Yes, yeah. Nice. yeah it's all nice. I, you know, I was I was always a long and lanky kind of guy. I didn't have, uh-huh. I didn't wasn't really a big bench presser. Um, it was uh, you know I didn't I didn't do anything bad. I could do everything okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't really matter to me how much how many pounds I was benching. Uh, it mattered, you know, what I was doing out on the ice. That's really what mattered. It's okay. We're not exactly gym rats ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was. Well, I didn't mind I was... working. Them. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember I was, I was like 10, 10, I think 10 to 12 years old. And I was playing with, uh, I was playing youth hockey, triple a, and the kid on my team was Maddie Jelena, son of Martin Jelena. Oh and, yeah. And Marty was playing for the Panthers. And I think towards the tail end of his career at that point. And I swear to God, I've never seen calves on a guy like the guy, like Martin oh, Jelena. Unbelievable. He had huge legs. He had huge legs. He was like a uh, really, really sturdy guy and, and yeah. really skate. Very strong on the clock there. I, I played with Marty in uh, Edmonton. He got, gypped. he got gypped out of that Stanley Cup final winning goal. That puck went in in 04. Yeah. <laughs> gypped, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a great guy. He is. Um, but, yeah, like you said, he had huge legs. Really skate. Hard yeah. on the puck, too. Yeah. One guy we got to ask you about, Justin and I both, well, not played for him. He wasn't our coach, but he was the GM of our junior team, Paul Baxter. Did you ever play with him or – I didn't know. I played against him a little bit. He was a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't the biggest guy, but he was real tough. He had uh-huh. a reputation in the NHL. I didn't mm-hmm. fight him, but um, he was a little bit older than I was. And, uh, but he was a tough guy. Yeah. He, he, he'd been a tough guy for a while. And I could play as, a little bit too. So, yeah, he, he, he competed hard, man. Dave, as, as fighters, as fighters come, I mean, obviously there's some big name guys who go down in history. How do you think Reeves stacks up to now? I think he would be fine, yeah, because he's big. He's really big and he's strong. I think in our in our era, he probably would have had to fight more, but I don't think that would have bothered him. God, no. he's so huge. Yeah, he's thick. He's really thick. He's strong. He would be. He would have been uh, tough in any era. Um, but I think is uh, yeah. Th- there's no doubt that he would have been. He he would have been right in there with everybody else. But I know that. Probably if he was back in our area, probably would have fought more mm, just definitely. because more teams had guys and he, he's always been willing. Yeah. So um, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. He would be, he would be tough to handle. He does. He does a good job. So what was it like for you? I, I mean, I did a lot of like research on you and watched a lot of videos and almost every interview I watched talking about Dave Brown was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I fought Dave Brown. Like you were kind of like, I feel like a rite of passage for, uh, for guys coming up in the NHL. Like once, once they had it with Dave Brown, you know, then you kind of get the respect. So is that something that's like accurate or? 
Well, is that, I, is that know, high praise? I mean, I, dude, everybody had everybody had a tough guy, and you pretty much knew that when you go in anybody's rink, you know, you might have to fight their heavyweight. So every mm-hmm. team had a tough guy, had that, and I always look at it like you know, you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some, so you're not gonna be at your best every night. But when we played, every team had a tough guy, so you had to be ready. And like I said, you could win one night, you could lose one night. So, um, you know, I wasn't the only guy there that, that was, you know, the, everybody had a tough guy. And people ask me, like, oh, who was the toughest guy in, in, in the league ever? Like, I, I can't really say one guy. There are some yeah. guys that maybe, um, maybe were a little bit better, but everybody had a tough guy. And you can go through so many names and, 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 you want to name Moss? Say hey, this guy was one of the tough guys in the league. There's just so many of them. So you know, I did fight 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 a few guys, and um, I, I, you know, when they say that, I was just doing my job. I didn't know how they felt. Can't um, tell you look great. Yeah, I actually played an alumni game two days ago. Oh really? I'm a little, I'm a little sore today. Yeah, they had uh, <laughs> Paul Holmgren and Rick Tockett were uh, in the Flyers Hall of Fame, and so mm-hmm. they played uh, an alumni game uh, the night before, so they could get some of the guys into town uh, for the ceremony. So we played, we just played like a, a black and orange game there. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, uh, put up any points? But, but, oh, yeah, we had a few guys there. Like, I think we had three lines on each side, and like uh, six defense on each side. We had a lot of guys from different eras too. Like yeah. there's a few guys from back in my era, like Mark Howell. Um, I saw Lindros, uh, Leclerc and, and Lupo were there. Leclerc, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it, it was it was a pretty good turnout. It was good to see all the guys too. That's that's the best part, just being in the dressing. As you guys know, yeah, you guys been hockey players. Get get in the dressing room, see the guys, guys you used to play with, and that it was it was a lot of fun. I tried. What was your plus minus? Uh, I was actually even. I scored. I got <laughs> well. I got ripped off there. That guy uh, slow change to the bench. I jump on and they scored. Ah, uh, he scummed you. Plus minus two. Anyway, yeah. it was fun. But that, I, I do know I was. Uh, we had Breer and and Gagne were on the other side there. Oh wow! And I was I was gassed by that second. Right? <laughs> oh, dude, tell me, so tell me Breer is still flying. I was in complete defensive mode when those guys were on the ice. Uh-huh. There was absolutely you know, no attack, and I just was trying not to get scored on. <laughs> That's too funny. Breer's kids actually playing at uh, my alma mater right now, Mercier's. Uh, oh, Carson. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, I think a couple of his kids play, uh, were like played played college hockey. Yeah, he's a good player. But let's uh, let's go into like what you're doing now. Like when you stepped away from the NHL, you told us before you were at the Rangers for eight years. Um, yeah. You know, now you're a head scout. How did you kind of transition to that? Were you trying to do something else aside from hockey, or was it always you know I'm going to work in hockey and stay involved in the game? Well, I uh, re- I retired in 1996, and then they asked me to be assistant coach with the Flyers. Um, actually that year we went to finals, uh, against Detroit, we got swept for nothing, that, mm-hmm. but we had a pretty good team. And then I, I, the next year I coached until, um, March and then they, they changed coaches and I left the team and that would have been in March of, uh, 98. And, you know, I, I didn't know if I wanted, at that time I was, uh, I left the team and I was, was a little unhappy with the situation and that, but I started making contacts in that going around the league. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll try scouting in that. So I just put my name out there and mm-hmm. I got lucky. Um, uh, Neil Smith with the, with the Rangers asked me if I wanted to come on with them. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm going to try this. And uh, I did it for eight years there and it was eight great years. I had a lot of fun there. It was so much fun going down into the city and all that. We had a great bunch there and that. So I have a little, piece of my heart is there you know it was it was a lot of fun and uh i i, I wouldn't change it was a, it was a good time and i i met a lot of friends here that i still know now spend a lot of time at mcsorley's oh uh, maybe a little bit <laughs> <laughs> great bar great spot it's uh it's cool though it's kind of full circle you're kind of you know you're back with the flyers now scouting so i mean i mean that's pretty cool and, and I, i'm kind of curious like from your standpoint when you're going into scout, it doesn't have to be specifically a player, a goalie, forward, defenseman. What's like one thing specifically that you're looking for in a player when you're there at the rink? Could be their their personality. I mean, could be just their, their compete level. I mean, I'm going to probably say competitiveness. You know, somebody that plays with energy, it looks like they want to be out there and playing hard. 
you know, and uh, also, you know, their sense, their hockey sense. Yeah. Those are two of the things. Like competitiveness, if you don't have competitiveness, you know, you guys all know, you guys play at different levels. If you don't compete, you're never going to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, you can have as much skill as you want. But if you don't compete and you don't want it, you don't want to, you don't want to work, well, you're not going to competitiveness and, and working hard will take you a long way. You know, if you have skill also, then you're going to be even better. But I, I, I think probably competitiveness, you know, there's a lot of uh, smaller players that compete hard. They'll outcompete a bigger guy, you know? And so if you have competitiveness, you got a chance. Obviously, if you have a uh, better hockey sense, you know, you're going to be a better player, but I think you got to be able to compete. You got to have some grit. You got to, you got to, you got to want to, got to want to work. You have to be able to work. So I would say competitiveness probably would be the number one thing that I would think about. Do you ever picture yourself out there in today's game? Like what you'd be doing, like in certain situations? Um, just, kill, just killing kids. <laughs> I think I would have had a little more, like I was always on guard, you know, trying to take care of my team. And I, I think mm. a lot of times that took away from your play. I think we'd had a little bit better chance to play, you know, just go out and play the game, not worry about, you know, who you're going to have to take care of. It always, that was the first thing on my mind, what I had to do. But mm -hmm. um, I think that took a little bit away from, you know, the way I played. But um, yeah, I think I would have had a chance to maybe play the game a little bit more. Did you have any um, relationship with Shane Gothisbury? He's a good friend of mine when he was with the Flyers organization at all. Um, I didn't know Shane real well, no. I mean, okay. just from the outside, like, you know, as scouts and that, we didn't, we don't spend a lot of, a lot of time down at the yeah. rink, down in with the guys and that. So I, I think I met him a couple of times, but we never really chatted and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I figured. No, I, I was just going to say, because he said he had all positive things to say about Philadelphia every time he was home and stuff like that. And I kind of wanted to get your opinion on not just Shane, but like the new age of like defensemen that are coming into the National Hockey League, because Shane's kind of one of those guys that plays like that, you know, unique style of just like shifty and very, you know, crafty kind of. And I feel like that's like the main staple for NHL defensemen now is obviously you need, you know, the big guys and stuff like that. But you see all these young shifty defensemen coming into the league now. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, guys with speed, if you got, if you're a little bit, uh, um, he's not a small guy, but there's some other guys in the league that are a little bit smaller. Yeah. I mean, you got to get in, get the puck and get out before the bigger guys come in. As far as the, you see, you do see a, a lot of guys that are maybe aren't as big that are, that are skilled and skate with the puck. I think the game, um, I think, I think you still have to have size in your lineup. I think every team that wins, is going to have some size in their lineup. As far as uh, um, skilled, yeah, if we look around the league, there there's probably more smaller defensemen that are high skill guys that are playing in the league now than what there were, were before. Mm -hmm. Like when I when I played, you had to have your body had to be mature because there was so much hooking and holding, and you had to fight through things like that. You didn't see a lot of you know young guys in the league. You you had to be physically stronger. To play then because there was so much holding and uh, more physical play as far as that that you had to you had to battle through but as far as the, the, the smaller skilled uh defense from there you see a lot of guys you get some a lot of guys in the, in the league that are smaller that that are really high skill guys stuff they can do with the puck like you know and Makar is not a small guy but uh, you take Sam and Gerard you know there's um uh Fox there in, in New York what a player he is, huh? I mean, oh yeah. Don't even get us. Don't even get last started. Don't Friend of the started. show. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's. Uh, I. I mean, there, there's. Uh, there's room for guys like that 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 compete and have that kind of skill level. I mean, wow. Hey, I mean, yeah. uh, New York's lucky to have him. Man, he's gonna yeah. be a double player, right? He is now. I want to ask you about your time in New York a little more. Like, uh, you know, what were you doing? Where'd you live in the city? You know, what were some of your favorite spots to go to? No, I didn't live in the city. Actually. Oh, you didn't? I lived, no, I lived in South Jersey, in oh, southern wow. New Jersey there, and I scouted from there. But like, when we used to go in there, we would have meetings at Madison Square Garden mm -hmm. and that. Or um, And they, they in that time, they built the rink there out in uh, in Greenberg there, or up by the Tappan Sea. Uh -huh. So um, we, we, we would just stay across the street there. And what is it called? The Adolphus or something like that. 
Anyway, there's a hotel across the street we used to stay at when we had meetings there, and we would just uh, go across the MST there. Dave, that. Dave. So, sorry, Dave. Where are you located right now? Yeah, I was just gonna ask that too. I live in I live in Richmond, Virginia now. Okay, That's cool. so random. Why Richmond, Virginia? Ah, well, I met a girl a few years ago. Ah, yeah, okay. Ago. <laughs> Sucker. There you go. Old, yeah, old, I know. Old I, Saskatoon I boy. Yeah, six years ago. Yeah. That's I'm, awesome. Uh, living in the south here now. How are you liking it? I like it. Yeah, the weather's a little bit warmer. I can uh, I can drive to uh, D.C. and uh, Carolina for games. Those are home games for me, so I can get back at night. Everywhere else, I have to fly. Well, it's it's cool because I, I mean, me who who doesn't really know too much about you know NHL scouts from you know what, you know what they do on a day to day basis. That's why I was curious to where you lived at because as a flyer scout, I didn't know if you had to be located in Philly. You know, because we were talking obviously prior how you were basically, you know, trying to see every single NHL team play this year, which is kind of your goal. You're scouting everybody, which I find extremely cool. Yeah, I can pretty much see all, all the teams, I, I, you know, east of uh, Chicago, catch all the Western teams when they come out here. So, but I, I do travel quite a bit through, uh, you know, the winter winter months. Um, so it doesn't really matter where you live, but it just makes it easier. When I lived in uh, southern New Jersey, like, yeah, you know, I, I I was driving forty thousand miles a year, and, and mm. I didn't have to fly much because it catch all the teams through there. Yeah. Everybody comes through there, and uh, even at that time, you had the East Coast League around there too at Reading and up in Trenton. So um, then you had college hockey there at Princeton. Mm. So there's just a lot of lot of hockey around there. It, it was more convenient to scout from there, but um, you know, life brought me down here. So and it's not it's not bad uh, scouting out here. Can't go too far north anymore. Some of those NHL scouts might be like, hey, why are you crossing our borders? Don't become a dar, you know? I, I hear you. I yeah, like I know. Rival, well, we, rivalry going on there. We try not to cross over on our own guys. So once in a while, we run into each other. Yeah. That's <laughs> try to stay away from that. So, Dave, we like to do a little segment on this podcast that we love to call the Matzo Ball Minute Questions. <laughs> um, we're going to rattle off a quick few for you here. So, who do you admire most in the NHL currently? Uh, player? Are you talking about players? Players, yes. Could Just be anyone, I guess. As a whole. I mean, it could be, yeah, it could yeah. be, honestly. Who do, who do I admire? Um, yeah, admire is kind of a strong word. Let's just more say, I guess, whose who's game in the NHL right now do you admire or, respect, or like, I guess, appreciate the most? I know. I like um, I like, I like the way Barkov is playing right now. Mm-hmm. Great call. Love that. I mean, uh, he's, he's one of the best centers in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. You got they got Florida rolling there. I think he got hurt the other day, but yeah, he did. He's uh, I mean, there's a lot of great centers in the league, but I mean, um, Florida's kind of made a turnaround there. They got some good goaltending too, and uh, Barkov leads away from me though. He's he's a guy that uh, is fun to watch. You now, guys like that are what you pay your money for when you go watch these games because every a couple times a game he'll make a play that is just like wow. You know, that that's why you tell yourself that's why I come to watch him is, uh, you know, he can make that kind of play. But I want to add one. Okay. Um, is there anyone today that reminds you of yourself? Uh, not really, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> one of a kind. Too, too yeah, soft. Too soft know, today. I wasn't, a real, I wasn't a very skilled guy. I didn't score a lot of goals, a lot of, a lot of points in that. I was, there, I was there to make sure everybody was comfortable. You are babysitting. Um, yeah, I mean, I could defensively. I I, I wasn't going to get scored. I I, I could uh, I, I could play defensively, but I wasn't going to give you much off. That's goalie's best friend right there. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Did, did you um <laughs> did you play major juniors before the NHL? Or I played uh, one I played one year of junior. I, I only played one year of junior because uh well I did it for my mom. I I she wanted me to finish high school, so I did, and then that way I, I only played one year of junior. It was actually in my hometown. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. But I was actually happy it was only one year, too, because some guys back there would ride the bus for, like, three or four years, and it yep. was just too much. You're talking uh, to one. <laughs> uh, well, then, you know, I mean, uh, it, it just gets too much, right? So I was happy yeah. just to play the one year, and then I was drafted after that. We tend to we tend to ramble on in this segment, but, I mean, just like a Saskatchewan boy, did you have any aspirations of going, like, Division One in the U.S. before juniors, or was that I even I thought an about it, yeah. I had thought about it. I had an uncle that played down in Denver. Oh wow, that's pretty. And sick. We had a connection there. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I had thought about it there, but um, 
you know, I had this opportunity once I uh, to go uh, play the junior hockey, and that, that's just what I thought. It seems it was in my hometown and all that too. It just made it was a little bit better fit for me, but you know, I didn't think it was going to lead to the NHL at that time. I was just having fun playing hockey, you mm. know, and so then that's why it, it just went from you know I never thought I was going to play in the NHL at that time. I was just having fun playing hockey and being a kid, really. Yeah, that's unreal. That's all you can ask for. Um, is there a fight that sticks out to you that, of yours from back in the day that's probably your most memorable one that you can remember? Um, I get asked this all the time. I figured, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and the one that comes up the most is um, in 1987, we had uh, we were playing Montreal in the uh, semifinal uh, for the Stanley Cup. And we, um, we had a pregame brawl before the, before the game started. And that's probably the most memorable thing. That's the thing I get asked about the most. Um, we were actually talking about the other night there because it always comes up. They had uh, they have an alumni lounge down the, at the at, at the rink there at Wells Fargo there, and there's they had a picture of it up there. So they're all, all right. about it too. That's but, awesome. Um, the the Canadians in that season, uh, we were up three to two in the se- in in the uh, series at that time, going into six or was it six game. Yeah, it was the sixth game. And um, they had this thing, uh, Shane Corson and Claude Lemieux would stay out on the ice during the warm after the warm-up and wait till the other team went off. And then they would get the pucks and they would slide them in the opponent's net. And <laughs> they were using this through mind games, thinking like if they did oh, this, then it was going to give them an advantage in the game. Mm-hmm. I remember Ed Hospitar sitting in the in the dressing room uh, before the game, saying, "Yeah, we're going to put a stop to this tonight." And um, anyway, so we all emptied. We went out for warm up, did the warm up. They went. Ed Hospitar and Chico Rest stayed out longer. Chico, Chico, yeah. So legend, they, yeah. And then so they, they waited them out, and so Corson and Lemieux went off the ice, and so Ed Hospitar and Chico went off the, we're going off the ice and they jump back on and they go get the pucks and they're going to shoot him in the net. And so Ed Hospital goes out there and he grabs Lemieux and he starts mm-hmm. punching him. <laughs> and so some of their guys start piling out of their dressing room onto the ice. And so that's when our trainers come in and say, Hey, they're out there. Mm-hmm. So we march out there. <laughs> we march out there and it was on. Guys probably got half their equipment off already. In the oh, I didn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have my shoulder pads on. I didn't have my sweater on. Um, I just had a, a rib pad because I'd broken some ribs <laughs> earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And we went out there. It, it, I think the brawl was probably for 40 minutes or something. That's unreal. That's, that's electric. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. the, um, that's actually when the start of the end, I think, because I think that summer they brought in a rule that um, <laughs> if you, if you came off the bench, and it was a 10-game suspension, and yeah. the coach was suspended 10 games also. Now mm-hmm. that next summer is when they did that, and there's really really the start of the end of fighting or the decline of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were embarrassed by it. You know, it shouldn't happen, but it did. But that that's what it led to. Yeah. So, probably um, a good rule. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, back in that day, probably even up to that time, we would have definitely three or four bench-clearing brawls a year. It's just the way it was, yeah. you know, someone, someone would get out of hand, but they didn't have a rule where you get kicked out for 10 games after that, that stopped all that. Exactly. I had, you know, after that, I don't think I'd ever seen one, but before that you would have three or four times a year, you'd have a bench clearing brawl. Definitely. But that's the way it was. You mentioned, uh, you, you, you meant, sorry, you mentioned your broken ribs, uh, average, how many broken bones and stitches throughout your career? I was pretty lucky. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I was just a fourth line player. So I didn't play, I didn't have too much wear and tear. Oh, you were chilling. Sitting, you were hanging. I was sitting on the bench all the time. <laughs> I, had a, I had a front row seat. <laughs> so no, and, I mean, he had like Mark Howe was a premier defense when he was probably the best defenseman ever I played with. He would play, he could play 30 minutes, 30 minutes a night. You know, mm-hmm. I was playing maybe, you know, five, six minutes. I didn't have the kind of wear and tear that, that those guys did. So yeah. consequently, I didn't get, you know, I got, I got, I got cut in the face and stuff like that a little bit. I, I had some cracked bones in my hands a little bit, you know, maybe um, I, I did, uh, I had, I broke my foot once blocking a shot, 
but nothing that was not too bad. really that bad. Yeah, I was pretty lucky. I didn't I didn't get banged up that bad. Not as not as bad as a lot of guys that were playing like Mark Howe. He he would play thirty minutes a game and I don't know how he held it together, but he was what a player he was. Yeah. yeah. And you still got a full head of hair, which is nice. Yeah, I know. I'm lucky. Yeah. You got some I'm good really hair over there. <laughs> Why do you think he settled down in a nice warm place? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Got a tan um, going, living the life. Last yeah. one for you. Last one for you. Um, in the segment, what rule, if you could change in today's NHL, would you change? If I'd any? probably have a little more toughness. Let them guy. Let the guys. Like I don't like it now that, that if you hit somebody clean and then they then they want to they all want to fight. Like you know, it, sometimes you got to take a clean hit, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I think. I, I still think they, they took a little bit too much of the toughness out of the game. I think they should let the players settle some things themselves more, you know, and they, there's so much reliance on the players or on the referee having to make calls. Now, back in my day, you know, they let you play a little bit. If two guys giving it to each other and let them settle it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, it, it gave something to the game. I thought, yeah. Um, so I, I, I would, I, I wish there was a little bit more toughness in the game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think it hurts it. You know, I think the NHL wanted to take it out because they thought it was violent. But I, I think, you know, I, I mean, it's you can watch a game now and everybody loves a fight. Nobody's going for coffee when the fight starts. No, definitely not. No, not you know, yeah. it just makes it a little spicier. And I, I think, in a lot of ways, it's taken. You know, when he, when 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 I was a fourth line player, let's say if we got up two nothing, if we got down two nothing in the game, and he got sent out on the ice, you're gonna go stir it up so you can change the momentum. Mm-hmm. I just yep. feel like they've taken that away from the game. Yeah, you know, Definitely. before you well, could change the momentum of a game, you had a chance to. You know, even I'm not a big fan of overtime either because you know you're only playing like well, you like ties. The top two lines. Yeah, what? You'd rather end the game in a tie? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Well, that's terrible. Well, they, don't, they don't play it in. They don't play it in uh, in the, the playoffs. Overtime. It's all overtime. They play yeah. the overtime. Yeah. Oh, are you saying I'm shootouts? Saying five, I'm saying five on five. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know okay. Saying? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Five on five. Five on five is good. I, I mean, I know. I, I mean, the fan, the fans love overtime in the regular season. It's very exciting. I agree with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but it is like. It's a a chance for them to show the kind of skill that they have. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um. I'm just. I, I'm not saying. I'm just not a big fan of it. But I understand what it brings. Mm-hmm. We're telling you know? everybody. We're going to tell buyers you hate it. They're going to get. They're going to get really pissed at you because they hit you hate three on three overtime now. Now, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you. Uh, I don't know if you saw the NHL. Uh, the NHL Players Association actually came out with an article saying that they're going to be um, like they're going to have. NHL players who are like have like beef on the ice, they're gonna throw them into a UFC card and they're gonna fight in the UFC cage. Off the <laughs> ice. They're gonna start doing organized UFC fights. So we'll see oh, I want to stay for stay away from that. Those guys, there's a really crazy sport. Yeah, that is. yeah, yeah. No, no, that that's that's totally different from fighting on the ice. We haven't even talked about your Stanley Cup yet. Like, you got to tell us the story, just, I guess, you know, what you did in your day with the Cup, the party, everything. Like, you know, now we're kind of seeing, I guess, I think it started with Ovechkin, like those guys partying, like literally in the streets of Washington, D.C., like Ovechkin swimming in a in the fucking fountain in downtown Washington. Like, what did you guys do uh, in your Cup party and your day with the Cup? In well, on my day, they still didn't hand it out like that. They oh, did really? in the They did in Edmonton. Like, if you stayed in Edmonton, then they would have, everybody could, you know, had the cup for a little bit, but um, I, you know, after the season there, I went back back home uh, to South Jersey there, and uh, they didn't hand it around at that time. No so way. that was beforehand, yeah. So I haven't had my day with the cup yet. That's why I'm still trying to win it, so I can. Win it <laughs> <a couple> days. <laughs> I, there's absolutely nothing like winning the Stanley Cup, though. No. Um, I, on and off the ice, I was well when I played. I went to the Stanley Cup three times, and as an off off ice have been there a couple times i won it one time so i know it's like to lose it four times and win it once so mm-hmm. there's and you can see the difference but there's absolutely nothing like winning the stanley cup and to you know what i cherish the most is just having my name on there with everybody else who's played in in the uh, nhl i mean it's so hard to win it and it just the feeling that you have every guy that i i go back when i i cross paths with guys on that team it just 
you can see that there was something special uh, as a group to do that. And I think every team that wins the Stanley Cup has that feeling. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like it. But I, I, I mean, I, I feel very proud to and very lucky to have been on the Stanley Cup. Or have you have the ring on you? Could we see it? But I, I, I should have brought it. I never thought. I got it. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm not That's a jewelry right. guy, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got one more question for you before we let you go. Kind of like the complete opposite of winning the Stanley Cup. What was like your most hungover game that you played in? Oh, <laughs> I bet there's a bunch, you know, huh? Uh, there's yeah, there's a, there's a few games that we, <laughs> out, but we usually had the rest of the the, the next day to straighten out before the game started. <laughs> well, that's what I heard. I heard morning skate was created to sweat out the booze from the night before. It was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some guys so bad that they had to tell them to get off the ice, otherwise they'd hurt themselves. that's unreal i i actually i remember i mean our generations are so different i played probably one game in my life hungover and i was like 17 i went to a sweet 16 the night before and this game i was on the metro moose cap we actually happened to lose like nine to two and it was the one game ever our coach made us stay in our equipment and put on our sneakers and run instead of bag skate we ran In our equipment, I was like, I'm never fucking drinking before a game ever again. Oh man, well, <laughs> and then the next day, and then the next day, you drank for a game. No, no, no. I literally have not. I've not drank before a game. I don't think since. Yeah, the key. To, the key to it is just playing good in the game. Exactly. <laughs> I don't play good guilty, so. Had well, to let it go. there's there's a story about uh, well, you guys. This is back when the Flyers there, back in the the day with Bobby Clark and Reggie Leach. He said there was a story about Reggie Leach. You're playing the Bruins. And I guess he'd been out all night they, the the night before, and they couldn't find him. They and I guess some like yeah. And so the next morning they found him, and you know he was he was still drunk in that. But anyway, <laughs> that night he went out and he scored five goals. No way. Yeah, that's a that's a fucking legend. <laughs> it, takes, it takes a yeah, certain I, I think he still yeah. he still holds the record for most goals in a in a, a playoff. <laughs> Nineteen goals. Reggie I thought you say he holds the record for most time over NHL goals. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say, too. Yeah. But he could shoot the puck, man. Yeah. He was unbelievable. But, Dave, That's thank great. you so much. This was such a blast to talk to you. I don't know, Maxie, you got anything to say before we wrap it up? I guess the last thing is say uh, happy birthday, Jamie. And uh, Oh, yeah. You know, I thanks thanks to the Millers for, uh, I guess, setting up this For connection. putting this together there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, we'd love to. When the Flyers uh, win the Cup, you better come back on here. I'd love to. Yeah, just let me know. Just you and uh, we actually had Nate Thompson on, uh, you know, a little over a year ago. So, oh, uh, did he? Cool. Get yeah. you both on here together, maybe. Yeah, okay, sure. That'd be fun. All right, Johnny. All right, Thank Justin. You. All right, Max. Thanks, good talking to you guys. Thanks, Dave. How are we doing, everybody? Welcome back. We hope you guys love that interview with Dave Brown, the absolute Philadelphia Flyers legend. I should say New York Rangers legend, too, lads. You're going to have to get him on the podcast for the Rangers, too, coming up shortly, honestly. But it was just an amazing interview. Talking to a guy like that who's been around the game for so long, he's a legend. Um, I feel like, Johnny, you and myself could have asked him about a million questions just about hockey alone. But, you know, we like to get off the hockey topic and kind of just dive into, you know, just his life in general and just his whole his whole career just basically where he's at today, but so thankful. I'm so thankful for him for coming on the podcast and hopefully we can get him on soon. Yeah. Later. Really, really proud of Maxie too, for, uh, you know, doing a little hockey networking. Um, you know, maybe we taught him a thing or two about it, but yeah, always great to have another hockey guy on here. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know who Dave Brown was, cause he kind of played before our generation. Like, you know, we posted that preview and a lot of my flyers friends, um, you know, flyer, fan friends texted me like no way dave brownland that's legendary he's the fucking man like he's the goat all that stuff so really cool to have a guy of that stature on the show um you know and just really enjoyed talking to him so i'm, I'm very thankful that he joined us 
So I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Also, before we do end this episode, I want to take a quick second and talk about our sponsor, Mindset Wellness CBD. With the holidays around the corner, Mindset Wellness is a great gift to get for a loved one, whether it's a family, a friend, family member, a friend, a girlfriend, boyfriend, um, anything, you name it. Mindset Wellness has all the different tools to customize your own mindset. They got gummies that are for health, for calmness, for focus, beauty, and rest. You can go to MindsetWellness.com and use our code LAKA10, L-A-T-K-E-10, for 10% off of your order plus free shipping. And check them out on Instagram at Mindset Wellness CBD. I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. Hope you guys enjoy Thanksgiving Eve. Hope you guys enjoy your first night of Hanukkah. We love you. We have another great episode for you next week. Episode 99, getting close to 100. So uh, pretty cool stuff, but we love you guys. Love you guys. Later.